the magician's code. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Magician's Code. My name is Hadlin, and on this episode, we have Jamie O'Brien to help us ring in, hitting double digits with episode number 10. And there will be a giveaway announcement at the end of this podcast, so stay tuned to that. In addition, Jamie actually went through and he's teaching us a coin slate, which will be available on our Patreon. So definitely check that out if you want to learn coin slate from Jamie O'Brien, who is an amazing magician. His coin slates are, oh man, I can't say enough about his coin slates. His prestidigitation with coins. So amazing. So amazing. He, I won't go into too much of it because we'd go deep into this episode. Jamie spreads and shares so much information with us. So get ready to learn alongside myself and let's get into the episode. Jamie, how's it going today? Oh, it's going fabulous, Anthony. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good, man. I, I like uh, your set. I know that people yes. listening won't be able to see it, but it looks beautiful. It's all very magic themed and you got your bottles all over there. Yeah, you can see the model that I've made. Um, yeah, we just recently built a house, and uh, one of the things that uh, me and the wife wanted was a library. Um, mm. So this is my side of the library, her side's in front of me. So Oh, nice. That uh, kind of a his and hers? Yeah, kind of a his and hers thing. Um, yeah. Mine is much more random than hers. Hers, uh, if I could turn the camera around, which I'm not going to pick up my laptop and rotate, yeah. uh, it's beautiful too, but I like the magic, so that's why I'm pointing it this way. Yeah, exactly. Man, so, that's that's so cool because you just moved into that house, right? Uh, yeah, well, we technically haven't, like, we've moved in, but we're not staying here yet because uh, because of the COVID-19, uh, we don't have any of our furniture that we ordered and we don't have our appliances. Like, the only appliance uh, we have now is a microwave. So oh, it's hard to, you know, right. have any groceries or cook when you have no stove or fridge. Or to fridge, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. And that's so cool. So, You've been able to, you know, purchase a house. And you're a full-time magician, dude. Yeah, props to you on that, man. That is like, yeah. Oh, I can talk for hours on on the grinding that takes. Um, But again, like if it wasn't for having such a supportive wife uh, to allow me to, you know, uh, live the dream, then you know, Mm -hmm. uh, you need the support place in order to to live the dream. So yeah, yeah, man. How about for people listening? We go through kind of like a origin story of yourself oh yes yeah um so my origin is is very similar to most you know like uh, i got the magic bug uh when i was i think i was six years old um i grew up in calgary alberta and uh, there was a restaurant called buffers so if there's any listeners uh from calgary they may remember buffers uh and they had um i remember going there it was kind of like a bonanza-esque uh type place Um, and it was basically like a salad bar. You just go eat whatever you wanted, uh, just like Bonanza. And they had this magician, uh, that was in the setup in the corner and he happened to be doing like a dove act. Oh, in a restaurant. In a restaurant. I know. Yeah. So like health codes weren't a thing back then. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so he's doing this dove act. He does like, he starts off with like the white gloves takes off the white gloves, throws them into the audience and like mid throw, it turns into a bird. And so I'm with my brother, my sister, and we're sitting on the ground and this bird just, just beeline straight from my sister's head. 
So this dove is like a t- trying to land on her head, but to me it looks like it's trying to rip her face off because you know how they say it's flapping and it's like, you know how doves are. Yeah. And so I'm sitting here like, oh my goodness, this is an attack dove. I need one of these doves. <laughs> and so, uh, so he did a bunch of other stuff. So he took, they ended up grabbing the, the dove from, uh, from her head and put it into a, a ringer thing and it like flattened into a piece of paper. And then he ripped it up, threw it into a dove pan, lit the, lit it on fire and turned it into Oreo cookies and oh. just immediately got the, the magic bug. Uh, wow. so I told my parents, I'm like, one, I'm like, I want to turn anything into Oreo cookies. And two, I want doves to attack people if I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So that, uh, that's how, and I think that was in like October and I got a ma- my first magic kit under the Christmas tree, like later yeah. that year. So, oh, yeah, so man. I've been studying magic since I was six. Phenomenal. Uh, yeah. So that's yeah, a little bit different, uh, origin story, but yeah, it just made it like just so weird. Like just thinking about dove magic in a restaurant. Like what is that? Yeah. Like, buddy, that would not fly. Yeah. Unintended. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't believe that for the longest time, I always looked at dove magic as kind of cheesy. Oh but yeah. Then, but then uh, my buddy Daniel Rosenfeld put me on to, and I messaged you actually about it. And now, yeah, now that yeah. the guy's name, uh, Channing Pollock, that, that guy, oh, yeah, yeah. I have the first time I've ever seen his act and changed my mind completely. Oh, I know. Yeah. If you like, you probably like, if you see a dove act and it's okay, you're just like, okay, that's weird like kind mm-hmm. of cheesy. Um, but then you see somebody like Lance Burton's dub act and you're just like, Hey, that's basically a perfect, you know, five to seven minute routine. And then you see somebody like, uh, Pollock and you're just like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah, it just, it's amazing how <laughs> like you just, the bar keeps raising. Right. Cause uh, most dub magic that you see, like uh, a kid's birthday magician will have a dub and they'll do the dub pan, like fire dove. Right, or they'll have like the sponge dove, and people are like, "Okay, you produced a bird with like I, big deal." I couldn't imagine right? going to a birthday to do, party and doing a dove act, like in someone's living room, just bringing a bunch of doves to their living room and yeah. performing yeah, for well, the birthday. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? Like people don't know, like because I used to do, uh, I used to produce a bird back in the day in my show, um, and they don't know, like you produce it, it'll shit over their rug. I mean, poop. Yeah. sorry, <laughs> I'm not gonna too much work. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So like, do you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, and think like, cause I produced a rabbit in my, in my family show for years before, before the rabbit passed away. And oh, no. yeah, just like, sometimes you're just like, is it even worth having this thing? Cause it's like pooping in the prop that I'm producing it from. And then like when I'm holding it, it's like peeing everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just like, and, it, and you just don't know. You're like, cause you can't really yeah. have a set schedule when it's going to. That's you know, the stuff you don't think about. It's yeah, hard to it, manage. Wow. Yeah, and then you don't know if like um, just like with the avian bird flu that hit in like um, the 2010s, like around that time, yeah. uh, sock magic almost like where I live was just they like oh you have a bit, you have a a bunny or a bird like we don't want it in the building. Oh, right. So it's kind of like think like have you ever been to a convention center and they're like no confetti, no fire. Yeah. Right. It was like no confetti, no fire, no no livestock. <laughs> right. So it's <this> like <laughs> all these all these things you're like, okay, well, I don't know. Like there's a couple minutes of my act that I need to replace with some, something different. Right. So what kind of bird did you use? Uh, I just used a ring neck dove because they're cheaper. And, uh, I, that's all that I could find. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I want oh, to switch really careers, cool, I'd, yeah, I'd probably breed homing doves 
or homing pigeons, sell them to magicians. And then when they like got let out, they would just fly back to me. I could resell them. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You should, yeah. that's, uh, there's a video there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah. There's a pair. There's a TikTok there, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so man, yeah, no. how, how are you faring through these strange times that we're going through? I know that, uh, you, have been booking like Christmas shows and next year stuff like that. That makes me feel real good about, you know, the future that's going to after the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So like I'm, I was hit with this COVID the same way everyone else was hit. Like just back to back shows were getting canceled um, or rescheduled for later, but like, we don't know when later is. Um, mm-hmm. and then for some reason, um, like where we are here in Saskatchewan, for some reason, they're just like, everyone thinks or is hoping so hard that, uh, this whole like social distancing and these, um, no gatherings over 10 people, uh, go away, uh, by Christmas. So I've actually had an influx of, uh, Christmas shows being booked currently, like I probably wake up every morning to like, you know, two or three emails being like, Hey, <laughs> we want a show. Um, and people don't care. They're like, we'll have it on like Monday at 7am. I'm like, well, no, like I'm not getting up that early, <laughs> but it, it, it's crazy because like I went from having like absolutely all my shows canceled to like, I'm like double booking dates in December and November and January and stuff where I'm just like, it's going to be the busiest Christmas, uh, season ever, like of my, you know, 15 years of doing magic professionally. Uh, but then at the same time, I'm like, it's also going to be the slowest, you know, start of the year. Right. It's literally like I have no shows booked until, uh, like beginning of July. And that's still an if, if though they're going to get canceled or not. Right. Just jamming an entire year's worth of shows into the Christmas season. Yeah, into the Christmas season, right. You're just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's different. Like, I don't know if we'll ever see, uh, this type of situation again. Uh, I hope we don't, uh, but I hope that we learn from it. So it won't be so drastic. if like another huge pandemic hits. Right. So, yeah. I think we learned, you know, how to do it. We're, we're yes. ready if something happens. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you're, you're active on like magician forums or not, but, uh, no, when not, this first hit, everyone like, like we need to take, uh, we need to like be changing the way we view magic or we shouldn't be doing like, audience participation type things because we could spread you know diseases and stuff like that and i do have a healthcare background um because i do work like i worked as a nurse uh for for a long time and now i do magic and now that this covid thing hits thankfully i have a career uh to step back to um nursing and whatnot but i always as a magician like doing restaurant magic uh which is my bread and butter knowing that you know this person could have something that i could give to my next table Right. Mm. So that thinking has never gone away. So when I see that, I'm like, Oh, you guys should be thinking about that prior to pandemic. Right. Cause yeah. there's diseases that, that are contagious, whether it's a pandemic or not, that we should be cognizant about. So, um, I've had other magicians see me post gig, like, uh, Lysol spraying, you know, my sponge balls. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So like things like that, or like, um, any decks of cards that I have, uh, leftover after a gig, I will like put into a bag and then those are like my practice decks for at home. Cause I don't want, like, I don't know what's on them. Right. right? So interesting. Yeah. Man. So it's that kind okay. of thing that, that I think magicians took for granted prior to this pandemic. Yeah. That I think going forward is going to be, um, 
hopefully a change for the better. So we won't have to um, worry about it so much, but it should be in the back of everyone's minds that if you've never, for those magicians that have sponge balls and have never washed them or disinfected them, like what, what? <laughs> I'm that like, guy. Like, <laughs> Is that you? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't perform with them anyways, but like, still. Yeah, how many people like if you're doing a strolling gig how many people are holding like putting how many people are you handing the sponge balls yeah exactly man tons so what what do you think is the best way to handle because you know you get someone to pick a card for instance you know they're touching that card and now you're going to another group you got to like switch your deck of cards in between groups now you think I think it depends on the group. Like if I'm in a restaurant, um, that is economically probably not, uh, I can't afford a deck of cards per table if I'm doing, you know, if I'm going to 40 tables, uh, right. But what I, what I am doing is maybe I have two decks going. So, you know, I use a blue deck for one table and then I use a red deck for another table and I kind of alter it because Technically what you're saying when you offer somebody a card, uh, like pick a card, it's technically at your own risk, right? So mm-hmm. they can refuse and say, no, like, I don't want, you know, um, like influenza, like during flu season, like there's a chance that you could be spreading the flu all over the restaurant. Right. right. Um, so it's, it's very, it's a different thing. Like, I don't think it's necessary to open a new deck of cards, um, for every table, but I have had, um, like when H1N1 was a thing, I was a restaurant magician in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Um, and I did, um, several restaurants and a couple bars. And what they did is they actually had like custom decks of cards made, um, that had, um, coupons on the court cards. Oh, cool. So then I would crack open the deck of cards, do a trick for them. They could take the deck home. And the next time they come, if they bring the king of spades, it's like $10 off a entree. Oh, or something cool. like, do you know what I mean? So it encouraged like, it, like repeat business, but it also like was sanitary. Do you know what I right. mean? So it wasn't, and I didn't have to pay for the card. So I was just like, yeah, I'll do whatever you want. Right. Oh, wow. That yeah. is cool, man. I like that yeah. a lot. Yeah. So there's that. And then that's kind of how I learned how to reseal decks of cards. Cause I'm like, well, if I want to do like an invisible deck with this custom deck of cards, yeah, you know, I could, you know, open the deck, gimmick it in whatever way I wanted and then reseal and just hand it and they could open it. And you know, no one's none the wiser, right? So yeah, yeah. And now you're using that technique quite a bit. You've been putting uh, decks of cards. Yeah, yeah. Look, I probably you can, yeah. I can see five of them right yeah, now. So I have, um, <laughs> yeah, there's some behind my head. Probably yeah. There's two over my shoulder here, <laughs> um, and one right there. And I do a lot of R and D, like because I try di- every time I see a uh, a bottle that I think could have a deck of cards in it, I will just like buy the drink or I'll buy the bottle and I'll, I'll try. And if it doesn't work, I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a waste of money. You just kind of line up the, the deck on the outside and be like, eh, maybe fits. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So, or what I do is I have a, a card in my wallet. Um, and what I'll do is if the, if I'm like at, um, I, obviously not now cause of COVID-19, but when I was, um, at value village or salvation army or somewhere that had like bottles, I would take a card out of my wallet, put it inside of it. And if it fit and it looked like it could unfold fully and it could move around quite a bit, I'd be like, Oh, I'll probably fit a full deck of cards and I would pull the card out of it and buy it and then try it. Mm. Yeah. Nice. So, okay. Yeah. So it's, 
it's it's not bad and it's super fun like it's it's we talk as magicians about magicians have this mindset where it's i eat sleep breathe magic there's no there's not really a work-life balance right we don't have we're not allowed to have hobbies outside of magic right, right. we're supposed to be grinding every day 24 7 because always practicing you know, that's what magicians that, uh, do, but they don't yeah. realize that it like one that's not really healthy so we should have other things uh, to fall back on, uh, to stay like with the work life balance. Cause if I'm an accountant or a nurse, or if I work at McDonald's, I'm not like, I'm not nursing 24 seven, right? Like when I leave work, I leave work. Right. So as magicians, we don't have that. Like we don't set ourselves times to do things, right? Like, like we're marketing. So like when I'm doing my marketing as a, as a full timer, I set myself a schedule. I go, okay. From, you know, nine in the morning till 11, I'm emailing and phone calling or cold calling or doing whatever I need to do. And then I'm going to take a break because you know, you need a break and other things happen. Uh, so it's like having a schedule is, is, is paramount. And I've talked to a lot of younger magicians. And I don't know if you've had these conversations where they're like, I practice my ACR for 15 days, 24 hours a day. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> Hey, that's good. That's a lot. Like, I doubt you did that for as long <laughs> as you thought you did. Like I bet yeah. you it's just like, you know, took, did a double lift, took the card, put it in the middle, snapped your fingers. And then you went and had a, like a sandwich. Right. And then you came back, you know what I mean? So it's like quality over quantity of practice, right? I'd, I'd rather have a good quality practice or a good quality schedule over, you know, just grinding it out and not really doing anything. Cause if mm-hmm. I spent four hours marketing and not like, is it a good four hours or was I sitting there like, going through TikTok videos. Right. <laughs> so I always laugh at when I, when I talk to younger magicians and they're like, I'm spending hours doing this. And I'm like, I would, I, I would slip my wrist if I did 15 hours of the ACR, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I remember the, the beginning days I would spend e- easily eight hours a day just practicing in front of a mirror, but it's uh, definitely oh, yeah. way yeah, less than sure. that nowadays. Cause yeah, there's so much more oh, that yeah. you need to schedule into your day. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? So at, like as a hobbyist magician, we can do that. We can just practice the trick or the slate or the, um, the card force or whatever. Like that's what, like, and that's what you need. You need that foundation before you can do a business. Um, like I always tell people wanting to get into restaurant magic. I'm like, well, how much do you know? Like how, like, do you have a variety? I'm like, cause if you go up to a, a table, uh, with the deck of cards, you've all probably seen that meme where it's like on one side, it's the magician pointing and it's like ACR, like triumph, like, and it's a whole list. And like the spectator, it's like card trick. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. So, and that's 100% true. Right. Uh, and you know me as a coin magician and I know probably like enough coin magic to do a good, like two hour, fully strong, like coin show. Oh man, the, that's the, awesome. Like <laughs> vanish, reappear, vanish and reappear over there. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and so it, it just looks all the same. So like when I'm doing strolling or even during my stage show, it's like a variety of things. Right. Um, and if you look at like Jeff McBride and like some of those greats, they always talk about like the nine types of tricks and magic of the transposition and all those. And that's all you need. Like if you have one of those in your show, you don't ever have to go back and do another like transposition. Right. right. So because right. you've touched on it already. Yeah. Cause I touched on it. Right. So, um, and I think that's why I'm such a big fan of the cups and balls because it literally has all of those in there, man. That's, 
that's something I just never learned. I have them. I just, well, I never, I never learned them. Three, well, two sets there and then I have four sets downstairs and then I have a chop cup right there. So like, <laughs> I, don't, I, I just have a weird obsession, like decks of cards and bottles and cups and balls. Like I don't, it's weird. My wife's always like, why do you have so many cups and balls? I'm like, I, I have a fetish. It's weird. <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> I, just, I just love playing with my cups. Love playing with my balls. Yeah. 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 Just little red balls that you go on. <laughs> so what would you say is like your, your favorite trick that you've seen another magician perform? Um, a favorite trick that I've seen another magician perform. Hmm, that's a hard one. That is a hard one. Um, probably one that I can watch, um, over and over is probably Paul Gertner's uh, cups and balls routine with like the steel balls okay, uh, stuff like that, which when I first saw that after learning, you know, the cups and balls from like Michael Lamar and Gazzo and, and then that style of like Di Vernon's routine. And then you watch Paul Gertner's and you're just like, okay, like that just took it to another level. It dragged me across that bridge of like, yeah, this is what's going on. And you turn around, you're like, there's no bridge. What did I do? How did I get here? <laughs> I love that analogy, man. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and how about uh, your favorite moment of magic in like a movie or like a TV show that wasn't a, a magic movie? You know what's funny? Uh, so I loved watching uh, movies or TV shows where the ending feels like a big slap to my face. Like I, I didn't see it coming. Okay. Um, so for example, um, like an actual magic movie that a lot of people have probably watched is like the prestige, right? Like you get to the ending of that movie and you're just like the whole thing, like it just opens up. Like, you're just like, Oh wow. Like now when I rewatch it, it's a completely different movie. Exactly. Right. Cause you know, you know, the ending, you know, the little Easter eggs that like kind of point to the ending that you didn't get the first, the first time. Uh, and there's movies that aren't even magic related that are like that, where you're just like the, the plot twists in such a way that you're just like, uh, what just happened? Right. <laughs> so it's, uh, I love watching movies like that. Um, uh, one that isn't magic related. That's like that. If anyone wants to go and check it out, uh, is uh, crazy stupid love with, um, oh. Steve Corral and uh, Ryan Gosling. Okay. Yeah. Check it out. It's, yeah. It, uh, it's yeah. I got it. Okay. I'll, I'll look yeah, into that. Netflix. I've always skipped yeah, by that. Watch it, every time I see it, be like, oh, you're right. every, every time I see it pop up, I just skip by it and I don't give it any thought, but yeah, no. And I never did upright. either. Like I watched it with the wife when it first came out and I was just like, this, this is exactly the type of, of, uh, movie magic i call it that i just love where you just you think you're following along because you know every wrong it's a rom-com every rom-com has the same like premise you know guy screws up loses girl does something nice gets girl back but that movie just like just takes it on its head and it's just like we just we wrote this (laughs) (laughs) okay i will watch that uh, with my girlfriend at some point here (laughs) we have been looking for for new stuff to watch so what would yeah, you no, say? Yeah, oh, our connection seems really weird right now. Sorry about that. What would you say your definition of magic is? My definition of magic. Well, that's a hard question. Um, let's start a new podcast episode. 
<laughs> uh, so my definition of magic, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I have a clear cut definition, but to me, magic isn't what I do. It's what the spectator experiences, right? It's that, it's that sense of awe, that sense of wonder, uh, that sense of, uh, I can't like, I can't believe that that just happened. Cause I, I talk to a lot of kids entertainers and I love what they do. I respect the, the crap out of children's entertainers. I, I am not one. I don't have the, I don't have the, the gumption or the credibility or the talent to just do kids stuff. Like I can do family stuff, but my, my show is very Shrek. You know I mean, like it's got, innuendos that the parents get and the kids are like, why are you laughing, mommy? I don't get it. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? So it's very like, can be very inappropriate if I push the envelope too far. But like, if you've watched Shrek in your adult life, you're going to be like, Oh, my mom, let me watch this. What? <laughs> right. So okay, it's, uh, yeah. even like Animaniacs is crazy. If you, uh, if you've ever watched an episode of Animaniacs recently, um, no, I haven't. They like, I watched an episode with my wife cause she's a teacher and she was going to show her grade two class. Uh, an episode of Animaniacs and it like had like dumb blonde jokes, uh, ra- like racist, like innuendos and like transgender insensitivity. And I was just like, Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't remember any of that. Yeah, I know. I didn't. I was like, Oh, and that's a great show. And then we watched this one. I was like, you cannot like, you can't, <laughs> you can't show that. <laughs> like, that's, that's like 100% inappropriate. Oh man. Yeah. That's interesting. Hey, you go back to all these old, old pieces of media and, Times have changed so much. Oh yeah. Yeah. And if you look even like at some of the jokes that like, um, I don't know if you've ever gotten a like 100 one liners for magicians, like book no, or whatever. I, I have one somewhere behind me. Uh, but one of the jokes is like you, add, and you've probably heard tons of magicians say this, but you ask like the, the little child on stage, like, like, Oh, what's your name? Or how old are you? And they're like seven. You're like, Oh, I was seven or I was a little girl when I was seven. And like 20 years ago, that's funny. But now you're just like, was he? What, like, right. You know? Oh, right. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's even think of it that way. Uh, like things change. Cause it's normal to say that back then. Cause they're like, cause it's like, oh yeah, he's kidding. But now you don't know. You're just like, oh, like mm. laugh at that. Do we not laugh at that? Is he making fun? Like, do you know what I mean? So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a gray area. And I see that a lot. Uh, in, in some magicians and I'm just like, Oh, like you need to be a little more like up with the times and like, right. Expensive or not. Right. Yeah. I, I never would have thought of that. Although I don't have any real jokes in my, my act. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't, but you're like, a very you're funny like, guy. I, where where I does try. that come from? Where does that come from? Cause like the very first time meeting you, you're just, joke, 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 joke. And I'm like, man, this guy's fucking awesome. What the? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, So it's awesome for you. Uh, it's not for like my wife, for example, (laughs) like she, uh, so she always jokes about not having a filter, like whatever, like when you think about what to say and then it comes like, and you're like, Oh, I shouldn't say that it's offensive. And then you don't, I don't have that. It's just like, literally sometimes I say it and then I hear it. I'm like, Oh, that was bad, but I got to own it now. (laughs) yeah okay so so, it can get me in trouble yeah i just sometimes it just flies out of my mouth before i I can stop it it's just always funny somehow okay (laughs) 
you, you didn't yeah, like train in comedy yeah. some or anything like that uh well i did a lot of improv in in high school um and stuff and one of my best friends in high school uh we would we would watch whose line is it anyways uh mm. and we would Love do that show spend an entire day like in this before um phones right so we would uh phone each other the night before and be like okay tomorrow we're only talking to each other in song names <laughs> really right so like so our entire day was like song names and if we could and then, then we would time each other it's like okay if you can't re- like respond in five seconds or three seconds or whatever like you have to do like five push-ups or something right like because there had to be a, a penalty for screwing <laughs> right. up so and like and it, it was weird because like it to us sounded like we were just talking gibberish because people were like, what the heck they're talking about but like it was kind of like it was just a way to train our minds to be a little bit a little bit faster right it's a good mm-hmm. exercise so, especially when you're young like that oh yeah yeah and so yeah so we would do things like that all the time and like it, it got us in trouble a few times and um and we would make videos like uh like i remember when milkshake came out and we went and like took a, the school video camera and we uh we did a a uh recruitment video to get grade eights to come to our school for grade nine and okay. it was literally just like girls running around the track being like her milkshake brings the students to here or whatever it was <laughs> like it was <laughs> yeah it was offensive like we like our principal talked to us but like do you know what i mean like we were pushing the envelope way back then yeah, <laughs> yeah so. oh do you still have that video <laughs> i don't actually i don't but <laughs> yeah I mean, we pushed the envelope hard like uh you know zoolander like the walk-off okay uh so me my best friend at the time and uh the drama teacher uh did a walk-off like zoolander <laughs> and so we made fun of <laughs> so we made fun of uh we made fun of like the move so uh you know like the sprinkler right so, like there's this sprinkler that everyone knows but like no one knows this sprinkler <laughs> <laughs> like you know the one you would run through so we did that right. yeah it was like people were just like well, these guys are weird like like do they and and that's another thing like i don't really get embarrassed which mm. probably helps with the you know f- no filter right um, but yeah it, it it's different yeah i find personally i'm just like i think through things way too much even i need to be oh, like yeah. i'm like on the opposite <laughs> spectrum you know, oh, yeah. just like overthinking, like structuring yeah. to the point where sometimes I just don't say anything. And I'm just like, Oh wait, <laughs> I just thought it, I didn't say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Like I'm, I'm fly off the cuff normally, but like when I get into an argument, like with my wife or with anyone, I'm just like two days later, I'm like, oh, I should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use that next time. Yeah. I'm going to use that next, next argument. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so. What's uh what's the biggest lesson that magic has taught you? Uh the biggest lesson that magic has taught me. Um the biggest lesson that magic has taught me uh has probably been Oh, that's a that's another that's another tough question, Anthony. That's a good one. Thanks, man. I don't know where uh, it came from. Lesson, <laughs> probably that we take for granted how life has ruined us from children. explain that that. it's it's different it's a different thing but let me let me explain a little bit so when we're kids and and i know this from using livestock on my show uh back in the day when i did more family stuff uh to now i do mostly corporate restaurant stuff is 
if you produce a bird or a, a rabbit, like kids think that that's just how the world works. Do you know what I mean? Because they think, oh, if you could do a, a rabbit, like where's the polar bear magic man? Right. Right. Okay. Yep. Where, yep. Whereas, like you lose that because life ruins your expectation of wonder as you get older. So, you know, just vanishing a coin trick or doing a color change with the card is more mind blowing to an adult. than if you did that to a child, because a child expects that to happen, like they haven't been ruined by life yet. Right. Interesting. So I think magic in that way has really opened my eyes to like the wonderment of children. And I love to always think like when I'm looking at a routine, like, not just asking why am I doing this, but is it like, is it actually worth doing? Cause kids will tell you like that, like that's dumb. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. And if you yeah. like, if you make one little movement, they'll just, I saw something and it could have been nothing, but they just, yeah. They're so honest. Yeah. Like I've done, uh, I've done uh, like a one coin routine, produce a jumbo coin and kids are just like, Where's the beluga whale? <laughs> and you're just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Where's the beluga whale? <laughs> like, I don't know if you know how magic works, but um, yeah. Or like when Harry, I don't know if you did shows when Harry Potter was really big. Like before, I, like all the books were out. Did you yeah. ever do magic? Not, well, not, not really, uh, I, not publicly. Oh, not publicly. Oh, I did a few. Um, the few well, I'll tell you the story of how I got started in the magic uh, professionally. Actually, I was in high school, and there was an, uh, a talent show that had to like everyone had to um, participate in this talent show. And I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I was a huge basketball player at the time, so I'm like, I'll just spin a ball on my finger for 15 minutes during my set. And they're like, you can't do anything that everyone knows that you can do. And everyone knew I could spin a ball on my finger. Um, so my brother's like, well, you have that tickle trunk full of that stupid magic. Why don't you, why don't you just grab something out of there and, and do, do a mat, like a small little magic show. And I was just like, and at this time, nobody knew I did magic. Like it was like my like little closet yep. like, hobby that no one knew. Yep. And, uh, only my closest friends knew that I like would do card tricks and stuff. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so I did this, uh, did this talent show, uh, bombed, like, like, I'm so glad there's no. There's no video because I probably, <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. Thank goodness. Cause I remember it was like tumbleweed crickets. Like it was, just, it was bad. <laughs> like, and I was just like, oh, but, um, but I remember after, uh, one of the teachers came up and they're like, Oh, that was amazing. Like, do you do kids parties? And I'm like, oh, I'm like, no, I don't. He's like, I'll give you 50 bucks. I was just like, oh yeah, I'll do a kids party. <laughs> <laughs> Nice man. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how it began. So yeah. So I did that party and then, uh, another kid at the party, like told their parents and then they got a hold of me. And then, so I just like, I started doing kids parties at the age of like 15. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I was, uh, out of high school, I was just like, you know what? Like, I think magic's what I want to do. Um, but I didn't fully commit, uh, until, um, around 2011. Uh, when I just like quit my job and I was just like, well, I'm doing this full time. Yep. Like I'm all in as they say. Uh, That's and the same year for me as well. 2011. Yeah. Yeah. That was a weird is like the recession hit us here in Canada around 2008, 2009. 
And I think 2011 when is when like the economy started to kind of like flex back to normal. And there was an influx of, of uh, the need for entertainment uh, from my perspective anyways, because, because I still advertise the same, like, you know, 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010. And I don't know if it was maybe because I was just like, I'm, I'm full-time right now. Right. That, that kind of changed uh, my mentality, but yeah, I just like picked up. Uh, mm-hmm. from So where did you learn the, the business side of things? When did um, you, I guess, make, understand that it was important and like really absorb so, that knowledge? That's a good question. I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can look back and see when it clicked. Um, but I, I think I looked and I, I was, uh, you, you always hear like, you got to pick your market, right? But no one tells you when you're young, like when you're, you know, 18, 19, 20, like no one tells you what the heck that means. They're just like, you need to pick a market, stick with it. Right. And you're just like, I'm doing magic shows for whoever the heck will pay me. (laughs) That's my market. (laughs) Right. And so at the time in 2011, I decided that I wanted to be David Copperfield. Like I had four dancers. I had uh, seven or eight illusions. Um, I had a full hour and a half like illusion show, uh, that I did all year. We probably spent eight months uh, rehearsing it before I even started marketing it. And then we did, we had like a normal, like throughout the year one. And then we had a special Christmas one. And so I did that for two years and it really took off, like just soared after that. So, and I don't know if it was the fact that it was no one in Saskatchewan was doing such a large show at that time. Um, like there was Black Salt and Brenda Q that did a couple. I don't know if you know who the, they are. Yeah, um, yeah. I they, just met Black Salt. Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah, maybe not. I say just, but it was like not last year, but the grad season before that. So that would have been okay. 2018 grad. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. I, haven't, honestly, I haven't seen him since probably 2010, I would say. Um, mm. And he did a show in Mujah which was nice, but yeah, he just, I haven't really heard of him. Um, and just till recently, cause I've been full timing it since 2011. I just recently met like the Sask magic, uh, scene. Uh, mm. so I've been like, doing it alone for all these years thinking like, I'm like, I'm a loser. I'm like the only magician in Saskatchewan. And then here's like the Sask magic. You mean Richie Roy, right? <laughs> yeah. So like, I had met Richie Roy previously. Um, back in 2011, I think he was doing, uh, he was doing balloon twisting at the, uh, at the Western Development Museum in Moose Jaw. And my magic business had, like I did, um, a little bit of balloon twisting, but I also did face painting. So I had oh, my wife and a bunch of her friends. Yeah. So we did face painting and so then I met Richie and just like, he was, he was super busy. Like literally he did his like set. They put him on a golf cart and like she shipped him away. I was just like, <laughs> just waved at him. Uh, so I never <laughs> really met him. And then I met, yeah. Yeah. And then I met Keegan, um, in 2013, uh, doing a show at the Northgate mall. Um, so he came up and told me he was a magician and gave me his card and, and I emailed him and just no answer. So I was just like, I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> so yeah. So Keegan, if you're listening to this, what up, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So but no, uh, yeah, no, it's good. Like it's, it's been, it's been a good ride. Like I wish I met you guys years ago. Yeah, man. The, Same the here. That we got, that we have and like bouncing mm-hmm. ideas off each other. Uh, yeah. has been, like immensely. Yeah. Like it's been so good. 
I've been kind of like hidden from the magic world. I just like was in my own bubble or shell and I just like stayed away yeah. from magicians as much as possible. But now yeah. I've realized that you just got to like, just got to embrace it and go out and like, it's been fucking phenomenal, man. I wish, I wish I wasn't uh, so like closed off for the longest time. I know. Right. And, and that's the thing, right? Like we don't know. Um, I always get asked uh, by uh, various magi- younger magicians or hobbyists and they go like, how do I not step on other magicians toes? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like the fact that that is even like a concept or a thing that happens is just ridiculous. Like if I'm a singer, I'm not going to go step on other singers toes by going and doing a concert. Right. You know yeah. I mean? like it, it's yeah. not like, but the fact that, we're so egotistical and egocentric and it's like, no, I'm, I'm the, there can only be one. (laughs) Right. Exactly. But there's like enough for us to all have a piece of the pie. Do you know what I mean? Like we don't want to have American pie, like all to ourselves. Do you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) but no, but we have enough to all have a piece. Oh yeah. yeah. Easily. Easily. And so I don't need a big piece, right? Cause like I'm having a piece that you don't like, you're doing grads. I don't, I'm probably never going to touch a grab. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like completely different areas of the pie. So I don't know why, like all these yeah. magicians are like, the pie is all mine. It's my precious. Yeah. I guess personally, I just like, when I was, when I was really new to the, to the professional realm of things, I just like received nope, yeah. a lot of uh, older guys that were like, what are you doing? And it's like trying to, trying to destroy. And I was like, that's weird. Yeah. I'm just not going to talk to anybody then. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, like a lot of older magicians, um, and we, uh, you probably know a couple right now that I'm about to say, uh, that just like, yeah, we don't have to not, mention names or anything. It's just, no, yeah. we're not going to mention names, but their generation is like supreme to us. Do you know what I mean? Like we're, like I, I fall somewhere between like a millennial and whatever's before that. Like I'm kind of on the cusp. So I'm, but I'm not a boomer. I'm not whatever. Like, do you know what I mean? So yep. like, I'm in yep. the middle and I see, like, I know what life is like without the internet and cell phones, but I also know how to use the internet and cell phones. So it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's different. So yeah, seeing the, the superiority that some older like grandpa magicians. Yeah. And it's not all of them either. It's like, there's it's just, not, a, no, it's just, just a few of them and then they're loud about it. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're, yeah, it's just, it's, it's different and weird. Whereas it should be more of a, like a camaraderie or a yeah. brotherhood or like, cause we're all in this together. We should be unionized. Technically we should all be like, yeah, I got your back. You I see a world where all the magicians are all working together to get lay people around the globe addicted to magic shows oh, and, absolutely. and then at events it's only magic shows yeah yeah everywhere so like magic dj <laughs> magic, uh themed yeah no that'd be great but uh but that's the thing some people i don't know if you've ever been at a an event and somebody and i got this a lot at the restaurant you would come and be like hey i'm a magician like, and they're like i hate magic get out of here yeah yeah and you're like i don't know and, why yeah. Yeah. It's just like, well, I'm not trying to, and I'm not trying to call you stupid because you can't figure it out. Like I want you. And that's the sad thing. A lot of magic is presented that way as the, uh, look what I can do. You can't figure it out. Ha <laughs> ha. Right. 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 Uh, but it's not like, I don't think magic should make a spectator feel like dumb 
or out of place but a lot of it yeah it shouldn't be done to somebody it should be shared with them yeah it should be shared like you should go on a journey with them like movies like movies don't make you feel stupid yeah right like well some of them do like when you watch crazy stupid love you're gonna be like wow i did not see that coming how did i not see that (laughs) okay yeah and i'll try not to have that in mind when i watch it because i don't want to accidentally Oh yeah, well Figure I watch a lot, and it doesn't hint very well at it at all. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so it's yeah, but but you know what I mean? Like movies aren't like you're you're dumb or like try and figure this out. Like 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 you're just supposed to just enjoy the journey. Yeah. And some people like just can't do that with magic or or hypnosis or mentalism, mm-hmm. right? And I'm sure you get this as a ment or as a hypnotist all the time. Like I can't be hypnotized. Uh, and then uh, they're the star of the show <laughs> yeah yeah right and you're just like okay like i guess you can't be hypnotized <laughs> like yeah yeah man <laughs> that's, that's would so you good. what do you say to people if they say magic isn't real uh mad well <laughs> who there's a quote and i can't remember the magician that said it or who said it but if magic was real uh, we like there would be no magicians. Do you know what I mean? Like we would be there would be a school for um, like wit- witchcraft, like Hogwarts, and we'd all be doing magic. Do you know what I mean? So if mm. it was real, we'd be in a completely different world. Right, and it wouldn't be called magic anymore because it would just be a thing. It would be a thing, right? So to them, I concede. I'm like, you're right. Like magic isn't real, uh, but magic, as I said before, is the experience the audience has exactly the and then that trip. experience is real because it happened yeah, yeah so try and explain that i say uh on my business card i have a little tagline that magic's in the mind right so like you you've heard the term uh beauties in the mind of the beholder well exactly the same with magic right so if you don't believe in magic what i'm going to do is going to look like if i make a card vanish you're going to probably assume i palmed it in some way or did some kind of slate of hand Right. But if I do something so impossible that there's no explanation, like you can't even like, and your only thing is like, he obviously ate it and pooped it out like two weeks ago. Like that's (laughs) how that was done. Uh, And there's no like conceivable way for the spectator to rebuild the effect. I think that is like, that's how magic becomes real. Mm, I love it. Maybe I'm just, yeah. (laughs) Do you, when you have like a skeptical, type of spectator like we were just describing there do you try to try to get them to relax more about it and like appreciate Uh, how it looks so if the worst thing you want to do and you probably know that like you would agree with this with the hypnosis is when you have somebody that just automatically becomes defensive the moment that you open up and try and get dialogue and you're the magician and you're just trying to make them look dumb or you're trying to do something that they're not going to catch it's so much harder to have a good performance because you're going to look over and everyone's going to feed off of that that negative energy and you're just right. like i need to get away from this person as quickly as possible uh, but there are ways with experience uh through like anchoring techniques and mirroring and uh, like the plethora of rapport building techniques that you can actually break those walls down and now they're the biggest fan of magic or whatever you're doing Right. And it, not, it might not even be that you did any magic. It might be that they just like you. And now because out of 
you know, sheer luck because you were likable. Now magic's likable. Right. So it's, yeah, that, you just reminded me of, uh, I had this regular at a restaurant I used to work at and do magic at, uh, and at first she just hated magic, but then every time she saw me every week after like the third or fourth week, she started calling me to the table and be like, Hey, don't miss our table. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's the thing, right? Um, and the, for anyone that does restaurant magic, that's watching this. And those of you that don't, uh, I just laugh so hard. I don't know if you've had uh, requests at the table where they like come over and they're like, Hey, I brought they bring my friend. a friend over. Right. Yeah. yeah like yeah. Hey, do, that, do that one. And they're like, like winking at you. Like do that one. Do that one you did last week or two weeks ago. It's like, it's my, my favorite one. And so you're like, okay, but like, did you tell them the ending? Because if you told them the ending, like, I'm not going to perform it. Right. Or whatever, right? So you're just like, yeah. Or they'll gesture. Like, when you do sponge balls, right? Like, yeah. gesture, I mean, the, um, in the, they'll be like, do the, do the, do the. Yeah. Or right. they'll, like, gesturing, like, to, or like, you don't have the gimmick with you, perhaps. And you're just like, well. Yeah, you're just like, you know what? I'll do something better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or what I would do is I would learn the same, uh, like the same trick, uh, with different methods, right? Like, so it would be like, say a transposition, I would do pure slate of hand. And then the next time they come, it would be like a self-working gimmick that I could just hand them the deck. Perfect. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Cause to them, it's the same thing, right? What's that? To them, it's the same effect. Oh, it's the like, exact same effect, but it's like with a different methodology, it kind of, it's like a red herring. Cause like, if you do the same methodology for every trick that you do at a regulars table, they're going to eventually see how it's done, uh, be able to recreate. Cause I've seen it so many times. Right. But if you change up the method of the exact same effect, it destroys them every time. Cause you're like, Oh, I thought you did this last time. And you just like, obviously I didn't see that. So darn. Right. 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 So, Every time they watch it, they're, they're like, okay, next time I'm watching this part. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you change the methodology, you change what they're looking for and it just blows them away. Mm. Right. So, but I have had it where I changed the method and they thought that the method I was using was the one that I'm doing the next time. <laughs> so oh. then they me out on it and you're like, Ooh, like statistically that's rare, but, but good for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. That, I've right? always, you uh, if they guess right, I've always had a hard time. I just like, I try to act it off as best as I can. Be like, no, nope, you're wrong. Nope. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you approach what, that? I say, that's What's that? Oh, well, I guess right. I'm always like, well, that's one way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like, I mean, you could probably do it that way. I can see that working perhaps. <laughs> Yeah, I, I always love when they have the weirdest, uh, like, I Oh, man, our, our connection. Uh, Sorry, everybody. Uh, our connection's kind of wonky at the moment. We got, let's yeah, see, if, yeah. see if I can't. Yeah. Yeah, man. Sorry, I, I couldn't actually hear anything that you were just saying in the last 30 seconds or so. Oh, okay. Oh, what was the last thing you heard? I'll, I'll pick up from there. Yeah. Um, I don't know how far back it was. Uh, something about when you change the methodology and then what you say to somebody. Yeah, we, we didn't hear what you say to somebody uh, if, if they guess the method. 
Oh yeah. So if they guess, guess the method, I'm usually like, well, that's one way to do it. Or I'm like, Google it and check. Right. Google Cause you're going to, right. Or, or I joke and I'm like, your smartphone tell you that. <laughs> right. And just play it off because they don't know, like they could be right. They could be not right. But unless yeah. you say that's exactly how I did it. Right. Um, and for example, like I used to do, uh, Jay Sankey's in flash. If you guys, anyone's familiar with that, it mm. is, um, so you take, you take, you get a card picked, uh, you put it into the deck, um, and then you take a cording, wrap it in some, uh, issue paper. Oh, right. And then, yeah. And then yeah. it sinks down. I've had people like, Oh, I know how you did that. You obviously went home, you took an eyedropper with some gasoline and you put it on like the special spot on the cards. I'm like, how did you know? I'm like, you should go home and try that. <laughs> and then I'll see you on the news. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, that's the most, like, that's so, like, they're thinking too hard, right? Like, about mm-hmm. like, how to do it, that they're so far off. You're just like, like what's that's the craziest? Like, I can't reveal how it's done. So, so is that yeah, the craziest cool. explanation you've ever heard? Uh, for that trick, yeah. Like for that trick. gasoline. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, smell my deck. It does smell like gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's yeah. funny. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. I've had people yeah. be like, oh, yeah, you have pockets in your hands. What? Oh, yeah. I get that all the time with coin magic. They're like, you have slits in your palm. I'm like, you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, uh, just roll right great. into it instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. But you know me as a as a. I would say I'm kind of a lazy magician, and I don't know if there's anyone out there listening to this that would agree with me. But I also I try and pick ways and methodologies that make it so I don't have to work very hard. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Um, like I know, uh, some of my friends who are magicians and you would know a few of them here in Saskatchewan that are like pure slate of hand. Like they won't touch a gimmick. They were like, everything is like examined. Where it has to like, be slate of hand only. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, when I'm, you know, forcing a card, I'm going to corner short that, get them to put it back in the deck and just like hand it out. And I don't even have to touch it and I can get to that card whenever I want. Yeah. Well, I mean, right. So, and it's one, it's lazy because, you know, I could have diagonal palm shifted it out, get handed it to them. Uh, or I could have like top palm to bottom palm, whatever. And then just put it on the, on the yeah, deck. But did the, but your method is clean. Yeah. That's clean. pretty clean. And I've never, and, and some people are like, but it's, it looks different. Mm-hmm. Like the card because it's corner short. And I'm like, nobody notices. Nobody's like, ever seen it. Yeah. Casinos, and the only people that know are the casino workers that handle the cards nine times a day for like a hundred years. Right. right. And then they'll notice like the card is misshapen because they, they look at cards all day. That's their job. Right. But a lay person, they're not going to know a corner shaved. <laughs> so you still practice sleight of hand though. Uh, I do. Uh, but I don't rely on it during performance. Okay. Because I'd rather do something that, um, like for example, if I do the corner short and that's just one of many examples. So if I do a corner short and I dribble, um, and I dribble force that card. Okay. Everything I do after that, they stick it in anywhere they want. They have, they shuffle. Now it's all presentation. Now I can actually work on, cause I don't care where that card is. I don't have to find it. Cause I know it, I'm going to be able to find it in two seconds once I get the deck back. So now I can focus on building rapport with my audience. 
I can actually genuinely ask them what they're doing or how their day's going or, or anything. Do you know what I mean? Like it's now not, yeah. not focusing so much on like, Oh crap, I hope I can find their card. It's, I don't need to worry because I know I'm going to find that card. Right. Like right. It's, unless they take their card out, which I'm going to know. And then I'm, you still know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah. So it's, I don't know. Uh, I think the performance should come more like should be more important than, you know, showing that I can, DPS my way out of any situation, <laughs> which is a great skill. And there's some magicians that are like that, but I'm not, like, I'm yeah. just not a move monkey, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, so, you say that, and yet your coin magic is like next level. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, yeah, I do work a lot on coins. I always have coin, like, I've been playing with coins this whole time. That's awesome. <laughs> just below the frame it's just yeah. yeah just below the frame yeah i've been doing that so if people are watching this on uh patreon they're like what's he doing with his arms like you're not doing anything inappropriate down there what they don't know is i'm not wearing pants <laughs> hey me too <laughs> that's awesome the entire yeah. entire quarantine yeah so yeah so i do i i practice coins so much um because but i'm also not against gaffs or gimmicks for coins Right. Like if I can do a, a retention vanish, um, with two coins, um, or a three fly with only three coins, uh, I'm going to do that. But if I can do it with, uh, like, you know, a triad point, I'm probably going to use a triad coin. Right. I don't like, do you know what I mean? Then you can just it, add extra to it. it. makes you more proficient with the gimmick. Yeah, exactly. And it just, it's, uh, and it, and it makes my job easier. So now I'm not focusing on like, am I flashing, you know, the coin and edge grip or in thumb back thumb clip or i'm not right. worried about my angles because it's you know it's so, not a gimmick so you're kind of like taking the best of both worlds and putting it together yeah yeah so i can do like yeah so if i can do a three fly with just pure sleight of hand uh then i'll probably have like i probably have a version that's both like i have a sleight of hand version and a gimmick version and, and do you think and that came probably from your restaurant work right where you have to do another version for them for your yes, regulars. Yeah. So the, the first time I'll do, um, I'll do the slate of hand version and then I'll do a gimmick version later and then I'll combine the two. So it's like, and, and the things that you can do visually with like, just say a simple shell for coins, right? Like, um, there's a move that, uh, if you guys are on Patreon, uh, just nesting a shell, like these are two coins, just that motion there. And then having one coin is more visual than me pulling it back into this. Cause now I'm angled. Right. Right. So it's just, it looks better with a gimmick. You just nest <laughs> Those are regular coins and yet you still somehow brought it back perfectly behind the, the other coin. And yeah, it actually looked like it was a shell for a second. <laughs> yeah. I have nice. no, it's a, a lot of practice. Um, so yeah, so I, I practice coin magic all day. Like I actually have a stack of, coins in my car that I will like either practice my coin roll or my one handed retention or any type of, like I do some drills. There's drills that you can do, um, where you go from, you know, presenting the coin, you put it into like an edge grip or a downs palm, and then you can go to, um, you cycle through them all you cycle through it. And, uh, and you just, and you practice going from like, you know, a clip position, uh, to a back thumb palm, uh, things like that. So 
get proficient with it. And the reason I have a stack is because when I drop it and I'm driving, I don't want to like be fishing around. So yeah, I just, that's off. dangerous. Yeah. yeah don't, don't do that. I don't want to you know, get into an accident. And some of you guys are going to be like, Jamie's an idiot for driving and doing stuff like that. But <laughs> at the same time, I, I'm not, I'm focusing on the road because this is all muscle memory. Like I don't have to worry about, you know, my, what my hand's doing. And if I drop it, like it's just second nature for me to grab another one. Yeah. It's the same as like driving, driving stick, you know, you're, you're just changing yeah, it's the just gear. It's just, it's just a thing. Yeah. yeah. It's just a thing. So, um, and, and we live in Saskatchewan and if those of you that aren't from Saskatchewan, you're from somewhere else in the world, most of our driving, uh, as magicians and hypnotists are on a highway that is so straight. You could fall asleep two hours later. You're still on the road. Like it's, <laughs> that's so true man yeah like do you know what i mean like how many times have you just been like oh my god this road is terrible like there's nothing to look at yeah. right it's like i feel like i've been I, i've gone nowhere because i'm yeah. driving and you know it's didn't just i see that feet. barn already <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it's not the same tumbleweed <laughs> <laughs> what's uh what's the craziest story uh for you going to a gig or at a gig or after a gig uh, the craziest story. Um, well, I, I need you to define crazy because I got some pretty good ones. Uh, first probably, one that comes to uh, mind. The I don't craziest, know. The first one that comes to mind, uh, don't eat before gig if they offer you food. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Yeah, because um, I was at a gig uh, back probably like 2010, 2011, and they offered... Oh, no they offered me some of whatever the, the supper was and I took it out of respect cause I think it's rude to like say no or whatever. Cause they're just trying to um, do that. And some cultures like they expect you to share meals, right? Yeah. So, like Filipino I, culture. Yeah. Right. If they offer you food, yeah. you have, like you have to come, take it. Come and eat, come and eat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, bro. So I, I took it, but I didn't eat. I was like, I'm going to eat it after. Right. So yeah. I sat back like in the green room and they stopped my show 25 minutes into my 60 minute set because everyone had food poisoning and they were all rushing to the bathroom. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Crick. Like I've never had a performance just stop because half my audience like got up and like left. You too? No, because I didn't eat it. Oh, you, oh, I missed that part. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I left it in the green oh. room because I, I always do that now. I'm just like, Ooh. Oh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that's like that's oh, the crazy. So no. If they offer me food, I I take it graciously, but I don't eat it till after. Like I said it, yeah. like with the props, and I eat it as I'm like, clo- like tearing down my set, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So you always make sure you have a green room. Uh, yeah, sometimes because I do have a backdrop in my stage show. Uh, so sometimes my green room is just behind my backdrop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've done that. You give. I gave myself once like only a foot and I was just like, I can only stand here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're just like in the corner. Like, okay. When they announce me, I'm going to come out and be like, hi. (laughs) Yeah. And they're going to be like, you've been standing behind there the whole time. It's like, (laughs) I didn't give myself enough room. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know if you've been to many events where uh, they have like awards before like the corporate like entertainment starts. So they're like, this person's like marketing award or whatever. And you're just sitting back there like for like 45 minutes. Like I hate my life. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. Oh, when is this over? They're like, Oh, it'll probably be like 15 minutes. It's like, yeah, it's like 45 uh, minutes. <laughs> yeah. Nothing is ever the, the time you think it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's why I tend to, and I know some performers will book multiple shows uh, in a day, 
Um, I don't do that unless it's like in the same city and there's at least six hours apart because you never know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I know some birthday magicians will be like, I got to show it two and four thirty, And I'm like, what? I'm like, I did a few like, Christmas seasons like that where yeah. I would book time slots. It's so like five thirty to six thirty, seven to eight, nine thirty to ten thirty, or eight thirty to nine thirty, and then ten to eleven. Oh, yeah. That was hectic, man. Like, well, I can imagine. If I'm I not doing that, that anymore. They book the day, and that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. So book my, the day, charge more. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, um, and that's the thing, like charging a professional fee. So, any of you guys that heard uh, Richie's podcast, that was episode two. Go get his book. Go get both yes. of his books, all five of his books. If you're not a DJ, buy his DJ books. <laughs> but his books uh, are just that. Like it literally lays out. Um, and I wish I had his book before, like when I was a teenager still, because like I would have went full time sooner. Uh, I I would have made way more money uh, because I wouldn't be I would be charging a professional fee, which is basically what his book outlines. So definitely, um, definitely yes. get that book. Yes. I, I only have maxims and I need to get that Even wealthy that magician is chocked full of like, Oh, there's a few maxims in there that I have a clause in my, uh, rider for that, that maxim. It'll be like, uh, you like cancellation or something like there'll be a maxim and be like, Oh, I have a clause in there because that happened to me, you yep. know, like, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. And I don't know if you have had that experience where you're just like, Oh, I wish that was in my contract. Cause you get burnt, right? Um, at the, well, I guess it was the deposit. I, I very, I learned very quickly to always charge a deposit oh, and yes. to only book if there's a deposit because oh, yeah. I showed up to this place and the doors were locked and there's no one around. And I was like, Oh, I, have- oh, I guess there's nothing today. All right. <laughs> yeah, I've actually, I experienced that back in 2008 uh, I drove four hours to do a, uh, oh, a small, no. little, yeah, small little, uh, like mom and pops, uh, like gas station Christmas party and showed up. There was a note on the door said, sorry, magician. Like we canceled. And I'm like, <laughs> Are you kidding me? like I drove four hours. And back then I didn't do the deposit because I was young and stupid yeah. and I thought people were good. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't judge me. Cause pe- most people are good, but sometimes there are, you know, a sour apple that causes you to learn and, you know, smarten up a little bit. Yeah. And you don't want just like anybody to be able to make an inquiry and book without making it serious and money makes it serious. Exactly. Right. Like, uh, and I don't know if you've got this, but some people will be like, how much you charge? And then you ask them and they're like, Oh my God, I didn't, I didn't realize it was that much. And you're like, what, like, what what did you expect? expect? Like, yeah. I, I had to, I had to figure out my pricing on my own. Cause every time I asked when I was young, a younger magician in anyways, uh, I would ask other magicians and they would just be like, Oh, it's different every time. It was always just very vague. Yeah. It's so vague. It's so vague, right? Like, and, and that's the thing. I don't know why we're so afraid as magicians and mentalists and hypnotists to talk about like what we charge. Like, I don't know why. I actually went through a time where I actually publicly listed my prices on my website. Oh yeah. And I, I, I went away from it. I don't know why, because it made it way easier for the client because when they would contact, they would no longer contact to inquire. They're contacting to book. 
Oh yeah. Every yeah. single time they're like, I want this package for this much. And then yes. my next email was sending them a contract. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I actually saw it help I'm my sure. business when I, I did that, but, but yeah, I don't know. Cause then, then you kind of like handcuff yourself. If you get like, let's say Google contacts you, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. You're going to charge more for Google. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So it's, um, and there's a few of us in the province here that, um, like I'll give, uh, I'll give discounts to certain companies. If it's a, like for a charitable children's organization, like I'm okay with, you know, shaving some of my profit margin, uh, in order to make it so like they can have good quality entertainment, but I'm not going to do it for free because yeah. like if they contact me and say, I want a free show, I'm either going to ask for a, you know, tax receipt for services rendered for the full price of my show, yep. or I'm going to get like a sponsoring thing. Like I'm going to shave off $500 off my fee, but you're going to list me as like the gold sponsor right, or something. So there's like different ways to get your money, uh, out of different things. But if they say like, Oh, there'll be exposure. I'm like, uh, heck no. Yeah. No. Exposure doesn't pay. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's intriguing how, like our mindsets, like when, like if we were to interview each other when we were younger, we would yeah. smack ourselves. You'd be like, wow, you're so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that we were dumb. We we're just so, um, inexperienced naive. and inexperienced. yeah, naive. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, right? Cause like we want to be magicians and anyone wanting to start being a professional magician or a hypnotist or a mentalist or, uh, like a hula hooper, any type of artistry type act doesn't realize and I know that I didn't for many years is that we are business people doing an uh, like an art form to make money right right it's show so business I'm, we're all just so focused on the magic or the hypnosis or the you know the hula hoop skill or you know like any of those things but we don't realize that we're, at the end of the day we're running a business I, I have to pay taxes at the end of the year I have to pay my rent I have to you know, um, I have a cell phone, bill. I have utilities. So it's, it's interesting to hear younger magicians being like, I'm going to be a professional magician. And you're like, okay, like, go, go take a business class. <laughs> yeah. Like go, go research, um, what it's like to like do your taxes or figure out what you can write off. Cause sometimes I'll be like, Oh, I should buy that. And then I like, I'll talk to my accountant and they're like, Oh, you can't really write that off because um, of something like some reason. And I'm like, oh, and maybe I'll hold off, uh, purchasing that or, uh, I'll find a different way or maybe I'll just eat it and say, it's my hobby. Yeah. <laughs> right. So <laughs> like, I'll be like, I got it. Cause I liked it. It's pretty. <laughs> Can you make some suggestions on, uh, on books for people to, to dive into on those subjects? Uh, yeah. So, um, just because I, I, um, have read them most recently and there's a bunch back here that you can read depending on what it, what it is. Uh, Richie Roy's books, um, Maxim, the wealthy magician, uh, are great. If you want to look at what to charge, um, like, uh, the wealthy magician, for example, talks about charging a professional fee, right? Like what, and then it kind of defines what a professional fee is. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I would start with his book. Um, so he can thank me after he listens to this. I've <laughs> already. Uh, and then, <laughs> and don't just look at, at magic 
business books, right? Like you could go to the magic shop or any website, um, like the vanishing rabbit, uh, magic shop in Calgary, Alberta, uh, which is my go-to magic shop. Uh, cause that's where I started my career in Calgary and he's just, and he'll tell you straight up, like once you're his client for a long time, he'll just be like, you don't need that. Like you're like, you don't need it. Just don't waste your money or that's a garbage product or whatever. So he's very open and he's very, and if you have issues with it, he'll just say like, I warned you. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like he's just like, cause he, it's like, so I trust his, his opinion and I'll call him and I'm like, Hey, there's this new effect is good. Uh, will it work in my restaurant stuff? Cause he's a restaurant magician as well. And he'll just, he'll be like, Jamie, like I, like you probably have a book that has it. <laughs> right. So, oh, I love um, it. and I always look at books that aren't just business books, right? Like, so I do a lot of restaurant magic. So I look at things like, um, like experts in that field, like restaurant and bars. So like John Taffer, um, wrote a few books on, the experience of customers going to restaurants and bars. So I picked up that book. Um, there's one behind me, it's called raise the bar. And it talks about how you can like raise the bar in the experience of the client at a restaurant. And it's, it's for restaurant and bar owners, but just learning the lingo and understanding the process that restaurants go through. Even right. it like opened my eyes. I was like, Oh wow. Like I've been approaching, the restaurant scene wrong in essentially uh, because there's so many different ways to look at it, um, which is good. But yeah, there's it for a few, I'd probably have to turn around and read this. Um, so another good book uh, is book yourself solid by uh, um, what's his name? Just Google book yourself solid. He has two. So there's book yourself solid and then uh, beyond book solid would be his second one. I read those ones early when I was younger and they immensely helped me. Um, and then I have uh, like various other business books, like, uh, like social media marketing for dummies, finance for dummies, like, like different, different books like that. So, but what I find valuable out of a book, like Anthony, you might be like, well, that's a, that's a stupid book. <laughs> like right. I can't, I wasted well, that's the best hours. part about books though. There's always some sort of nugget somewhere that will speak to you. Oh, exactly. Right. And, and that's the great thing about, um, like magic books. Like you might buy a magic book for a single trick. Right. So yep. it's, um, and it's the same with like these, uh, or even like just for the books. theory inside, you know? Yeah. For the theory. Right. And I, and I love the history of, of magic and the way like the mind works. So you'll see like right above my uh, right shoulder here, or my, yeah, my right shoulder, I have a, um, it's called sleight of mind. And that talks about how your mind yeah. works tricks on you. I just uh -huh. recently learned of that book and I call my show sleight of mind and I thought it was clever. Oh yeah. Apparently yeah. I didn't make it up. <laughs> yeah, no, that book is a great read and it really opens your mind uh, to like the way your, your brain plays tricks, um, mm. which is, yeah, pick that up. That's, that's an amazing book. Um, and then there's also the, the secret history of magic that recently came out last year. Um, read that it's, uh, any Jim Steinmeier book, really. Like if mm. you see him pop up on your, on your book list, buy it. It won't be a disappointment for sure. Nice. Yeah. Thanks for sharing those, man. Yeah. I'm, yeah, no I'm definitely gonna start looking into the, a lot of those books that you just listed out there. So yes. thank you for that. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Cause uh, man, all I want to do is just keep learning, keep learning. 
Yeah. And that's the thing, right? And then execute. Before I buy a new trick or a new effect, I literally, I just go to my library and I'll look through the contents. I'm like, does that trick already exist in what I own? Or is there Mm. something similar that I can adapt to do what I want? Right. Right. And if there isn't, then I'll look on the market and see what's there. And if it's not, then I try and create it myself. Right. Mm. So it's the way it works. Cause. Oh, interesting. What a a great way, because then you kind of, you've done the research prior to creating something. So when you do create it, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yours. Yeah. And then and that's the thing, right. So if I'm wanting to do a new trick or I want to do, um, like any type of magic effect, I'm going to look in my own resources first. Cause I probably passed over it. Right. Because I wasn't into that type of magic at the time I read that book or it was too advanced for my current skill level. Um, or I just didn't fully understand what the heck it was it was that I was looking at. Um, and if I have it, then I'll look at it. Um, and I always was taught as a young magician, when you get a magic book, you open it and then read the effect. Like don't read how it's done. Like read the effect, read what it looks like, then close the book. Mm. Right. And go figure out how you would do that effect. Mm. Right. So now I'm creating that effect because it tells you what it looks like spectator takes card it vanishes reappears over here how would right. i do that right like huh. i don't know how the book does it i want to know how i would do it right and then you figure it out and uh so you find your own method and sometimes and not not very often uh it'll be the exact same oh. right you'll be like oh well, i'm like oh well that's great like not nah, like i totally just figured that out and then sometimes you're like you have a better method and, and this is the one that hardly ever happens, uh, a better method than what is in the book already. What a great creativity exercise. Yeah. So it's, Man. it's a way for you to, uh, and I do with coin magic all the time. Like every time I read, um, I think like I coin, see Bobo's right there. Sitting uh, on your yeah, shelf. Where is it? Is it not uh, that yeah. blue one right there? Uh, no, that's, uh, how to get your website noticed. Oh, <laughs> Oh, never yeah. mind. So yeah, I got a bunch <laughs> of uh, like marketing books and stuff like that. Um, which uh, honestly, don't read books like that. Pay a professional, right? Like, because yeah. think about yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can pay someone to do your website, have it done reliably, have it done properly, or I can read a bunch of books. Because then, what kind of message are we sending to our clients when you're like, you can go to Walmart and buy a magic kit or go to a magic store, buy a bunch of books and you can do the show yourself in six months. True. That, yeah. You know I mean? It's a good yeah, way to put so it. It's a so great way to pro, put it. Like, pay a, pay a professional to do it. And yeah. Cause we say that all the time. We're a professional. That's why you hire yeah, us. And then, and then yeah. we go and do stuff by ourselves. Yeah. Right. And obviously I'm guilty because I bought those books uh, in my early years thinking, Hey, um, but it does help because then when you do hire a professional, you can speak the same language. Right. Mm. I like it, man. You're always speaking the same language as the the person that you're about to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a huge thing. Like that's why I love, um, researching, um, uh, things about my market. So like I primarily do, uh, strolling magic, uh, at restaurants, weddings and stuff like that. But in restaurants specifically, like I need to know what their uh, loss leader is um, and things like that. Cause when I'm there, I don't know if you, like when you were doing restaurants, how many times people were like, what do you recommend? I haven't had that. No. 
you've never had that. You've never had somebody at like, you know, in the pre-ordering phase, they'll ask you like what they were like, what food you recommend or like what you like for a meal. Yeah. I always went after they ordered. Oh yeah. Yeah. In between the time um, they see, ordered. That's the and... thing about oh, and when the food came. Yeah. Yeah. When I yeah. do, when I do restaurant magic, uh, there's, I always try and sit down with the the managers and the owner, depending on who it is and figure out what they specifically want from me as a magician in their facility. Right. And I don't market myself as a, as a restaurant magician. I market myself as a hospitality expert. Mm. Right. Okay. As, as, uh, as my job in the restaurant, it's not like my job isn't just magic. Right. Uh, cause some, some managers will be like, Oh, you just want to harass my customers, uh, while they're eating right there. Like there's a barrier I got to bring down. Right. So I have to try and sell them the fact that like, um, this is a big one, like, uh, lower perceived wait times. Like if somebody comes in and they're like, Oh, there's a 30 minute wait. Well, send the magician over that weight. Seems like it's over in a blink of an eye. Right. Right. Um, or do they want, do they want them to stay and drink? Right. Like if you're in a bar setting, the longer they stay, the more they'll drink. Right. So will I go after food? Probably. Cause they're going to be, they're going to be thirsty, stuff like that. Um, and do they want me to turn tables over? Right. So if they want, I to see. Eat, yeah. yeah. So then you're not there after they eat. Yeah. So imagine like, absolutely bring in the waitress check. Okay. Follow me over here and we'll go to the post. Oh, interesting. Right? Okay. Thank them. So you're not like rushing them out, but it's a unique way to get them out of the table. So the waitress can clean up. And <laughs> the That's cool. <laughs> you're basically kicking them out, making them disappear. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Like, and it, <laughs> but it's, it's done in such a classy way. It doesn't feel like you're like, okay, you're done eating, pay your check and get the hell out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Hey, you want to see oh, I magic? never would have thought of that. that yeah. That's and, clever. And things from doing, cause I've been doing magic in restaurants for 15, almost 17 years, I think. Man, now, when are so, you, when are you writing a book on restaurant magic? Um, I actually do have some lecture notes, um, in, in the works, um, okay. that are actually going to be, uh, doing a lecture here in Saskatchewan for you guys, um, through the IBM. Nice. Uh, how, how, do we, my how do I go to this? How do uh, I'll send you a link uh, yeah. to it. So, uh, we have the IBM ring 309 here in Saskatchewan that we created. Do I have to be a member to, to attend? Uh, uh, no, I don't think, I think we're opening the meetings up to uh, non-members. Um, and I'm sure the, uh, they'll correct me on this via email when they hear this podcast, if that's not right, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're opening the meetings to non-members um, and stuff like that. As far as I knew, that's what the last meeting pre COVID we, we threw that out there okay. um, because we only have 11 members and there's, you know, 25 to 30 magicians in Saskatchewan that just aren't, aren't, uh, interested in the benefits of joining the IBM. Uh, but it doesn't mean that they can't come and, you know, be part of the, the camaraderie that magic should be. Mm. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So good to hear. Yeah. And so we're all gonna, so all the members of the IBM, uh, ring 309 are all gonna do little mini lectures on, on what we find our expertise. Yeah. Um, so Richie's going to do one on, on, uh, like his game shows and, and marketing and stuff like that and writing books. Um, and then there's a few children's entertainers that are going to do stuff. And then we're going to have like a balloon twisting one. I think that, um, one of the members is going to do so. Yeah. So, so what, what is the benefit of being in, uh, the IBM? Uh, so you get, uh, the, well, you get 
to meet every month with uh, like-minded individuals. Um, you get access to the Linking Ring magazine, which has a bunch of great articles. And then you also get access to the Linking Ring's archive. So you get all of the Linking Ring's past and present. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, and it goes back like way, way back. Um, and you also do, uh, which is really nice, you get uh, um, with your IBM card, you get access to the Magic Castle. Okay. Yeah, so you can go in and present like your free access. Uh, well, you have to buy dinner and whatnot, but yeah, you don't. Oh. And there's a head charge, but it gives you grants you access to it. Um, yeah. Whereas if you didn't have that, you would have to find a member, get um, get passes, or get an invite or whatever. So right, right. Yeah. So that alone, if you're ever in LA, which I this COVID issue is probably yeah. not the <laughs> not the time to you know go to the castle it's closed technically but yeah okay yeah. Uh, i'm 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 on the fence still i'm almost sold i don't know it, yeah. is there like it's, uh insurance stuff too i thought or is uh, that yeah, something yeah, else uh, there is insurance i can get performance insurance uh through uh, whatever broker they use and it's discounted a little bit. Um, but I personally, I have my insurance through, um, where I have my house insurance and everything is all bundled into one package. So I yep. just do that. But if I was just starting out, uh, again, I would, I would 100% get an IBM membership, do their discounted thing. And cause everything's there, right. Cause they know what, what kind of insurance you need and stuff. Cause it's, right. it's full magicians, um, professional and, and otherwise. Mm-hmm. Nice, man. I like that. Yes. Well, I have, uh, I'd like to, to wrap it up pretty s- shortly here. You've, oh, yeah. you've dropped so much awesome information. I'm, I'm, I'm just soaking it all up. I've, I've been making a bunch of notes, oh, uh, man. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I just want to say, I appreciate you taking some time out of your day. Cause I know you have like so many things going on and you're just constantly going at things. So I appreciate yeah. you, you know, setting some time aside for this and yeah, no worries. I appreciate uh, you interviewing me. This is fun. We should, we definitely need to do this. Yeah. Dude, hundred percent. Everybody that, that, uh, is in the Arcana. Wait, do we say that out loud? Anyways. Yes. Oh, <laughs> is that, yeah. You know what? We can I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll mute that. I don't want to go back and mute stuff. Anyways, <laughs> everybody in that is, Dude, 100% got to do multi episodes all the time. You oh, know? yeah. We should do like a round table episode. Dude, I was thinking the same thing. Yes. Like, we all just like record one of our, our video chats and just like go to town. Yep. Yep. The yeah. round table. Yeah. Or, no, that'd be, that'd be um, so fun. It'd be very like 19, like the, the 70s show, you know, just like. The- <laughs> <laughs> and then in the middle is just a. Uh, a coin, a bunch of cards, maybe a, a Ouija board. Oh yeah. 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 Just something that represents all of us. Yeah. In the middle. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. A game show buzzer. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually the easy button from Staples. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have a question that I ask everybody. Okay. So I want you to imagine a future situation and okay. this evil magician, he comes to you and he's like, I'm going to erase you from existence, but he doesn't, doesn't harm you in any way. In fact, what he does is he erases you from the minds of people. Oh, okay. So everyone is now forgotten who you are completely. 
but it, it's still in their minds. It's just, they can't access it anymore. And oh. the only way that they can access it is for you to be your truest self in whatever way that is. Ooh, well, uh, my first thought is what if I'm the evil magician and that's my way to retire? <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Like, That's good. No, yeah. no, you do magic? Show me a trick, monkey. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but no, that that is that's a hard question. You just did it to yourself. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so I need to like break them out of this trance, kind of. Yeah. Like- and what bring what breaks them out of the trance is you either doing, saying, creating something that screams Jamie O'Brien. Like, it's just so you that the moment someone's like experiences, see, I don't know, whatever they absorb it in whatever medium, they're just like snap out of it. And they're like, Hey, Jamie. And you said this is in the future. It's in the future. Hey. Hmm. Yeah. So I don't, I don't have an answer. Maybe tomorrow. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. That's such a good, that's such a good question. I don't know. I have it. Um, Well, okay. So here's, here's the the answer I'm going to give. So, like I said at the like throughout the podcast here, I think that magic is in the mind. So if they experience something magical, uh, the way I present my magic, that could potentially um, bring them out of it. Because then okay. they could be like, "Oh, the last time I felt this was with right. you know this magician or whatever, Jamie O'Brien." I'm hoping that's what they all take away. That's probably why, you know, I get repeat clients because of the experience that I give them. Yeah. uh, The time I perform with them. So that's what I would say. And I have to just quickly note on the repeat client thing. Next time you're on, I won't, I want you to talk about that because, because you get repeat clients every single year. Yeah. uh, Definitely. We do a whole podcast on that for sure. Um, but going forward, uh, with this whole COVID-19 thing, um, and the whole, like they need to absorb it or, or something like that. Uh, you've probably heard that the sense of smell is the cl- the most sensitive scent when it's tied to memory, right? Like we yeah. all smell something like, Oh, I'm in grandma's kitchen back when I was yeah. seven. Right. So what I'm going to do because post COVID's coming, I'm going to get like a fog machine, use it as a diffuser to, um, you know, have the scent of Lysol wipes. So every time somebody's disinfecting their counter, they're like, Jamie O'Brien. <laughs> You're going to brand a smell. Yeah, I'm going to brand a smell. That's going to be Jamie O'Brien. <laughs> Not Lysol wipes anymore. It's Jamie O'Brien, the master magician. And then you just have to just... Just yeah, a plane yeah. over everywhere and then everyone yeah, snaps yeah. out. So when the evil magician comes and erases me, they're going to be disinfecting their counter <laughs> or whatever. And you're like, ah, game of ride. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That was perfect, man. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> well, what, what's the best way for people listening to find you? Uh, well, they can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash magic by Jamie O'Brien. Uh, they can visit my website at www.magicbyjamie.ca. I, it's down right now because I'm in the middle of rebranding. Um, so when that, that'll be up and running here probably by the uh, middle of May, I'm hoping. Nice. If uh, my guys get back to me here soon. Mm-hmm. Um, again, 
high professionals. Uh, yeah. And uh, Twitter's uh, magic underscore by underscore Jamie. Instagram is magic underscore by underscore Jamie as well. Um, and they can they can reach me on my my phone number, which they can find on Facebook or on my website. I'm not going to give it out via the podcast, but yes. yeah, they can. I love it. Yeah. Perfect, man. Well, thank you so much for your time. And uh, I can't wait to to see you in person again soon. And for our our next interaction, man. Yeah. And I enjoy every single one of them. Yeah. No, me too. Awesome, dude. Well, yeah. Have a good rest of your day. And thank you so much. And there you have it, everybody. That was Jamie O'Brien, a.k.a. Magic by Jamie. And man, I had such a blast learning from him. He's a good friend of mine, a new good friend of mine. And I couldn't be happier than to call him my friend and learn from him because there's so much knowledge in that head of his. And yeah, he's sharing it with so many people. So he's so generous. All right, let's get into this. We have from Jamie, a contest for all of you. So what you're going to be able to win with this contest is a Morgan silver dollar. I believe it's a replica. In addition to that, an impossible bottle. So basically a sealed pack of playing cards, a real sealed pack inside of a bottle that you cannot remove unless, of course, you break the bottle, which I do not recommend because this is an art piece that you're going to be placing on your shelf, a conversation starter for people that come over. It's, it's phenomenal. Like the amount of time that he puts into making these bottles and the precision that is required in order to do so. Amazing. So magical. It's one of the most magical art pieces that you can have in your home to go along with the rest of your magic collection. So Those two items, plus you're going to get the Wealthy Magician and Maxims of a Magician by Richie Roy. Uh, You'll remember him from episode two. So two amazing books that are going to elevate your career as a magician in the business side of things, in the performance. Like you need these books. You need this impossible bottle, the art piece. And you need that coin because in our Patreon, Jamie decided to teach us an amazing slight, the blow production and all his nuances behind it. And we have that now on our Patreon. So you can learn the slight from him and his extra nuances and tweaks to make it super hyper ultra. Another amazing synonym of those words visual production of a coin like i've said it before i i didn't think that production was any good but then he taught me the right way to do it and now it's so visual i can't stop doing it but now back to this contest you want to win yeah so go to our facebook on our facebook we have a post and what you need to do is find the post about this episode with Jamie O'Brien, episode 10. Find that post and comment on that post the following. Actually, I'm just, we, we, we talked about it already and I need to go find it. <laughs> so to win this package of magic, magic art, and information and knowledge, aka the books, you need to go to the Facebook post and comment the name of another magician that you think 
would benefit from these winnings. And then what we'll do is we'll pick a random comment and then that random comment will win. And that person will win. Not, not the person that name that you commented, but your name, you, you, your post, you win. Okay. All right. But that's it. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. And, uh, I can't wait for somebody to, to win this package. Cause I wish it was for me. That's all I can say. So I'll be getting these items and a huge thanks to Jamie O'Brien because he's the one that is really putting all of this out there. Like he's basically donating all of these items. He went and, and acquired the books from Richie himself. And so huge, huge shout out to Jamie O'Brien for, for doing that for all of us here on the Magician's Code podcast. But yeah, that's it, guys. Thank you again for your time, your attention. We'll see you on the next episode because we have so many more awesome conversations to come. And have a good day, guys. Roll the outro, I guess, right? Roll the outro? Roll the outro. Roll the outro.